playoffs, playoffs. That's right. It's the playoffs. It's NBA Australia. Hang on. It is NBA Australia. It's Friday, April 22nd. TGIF, am I right? And I'm your host, James Clements. I'm a writer sometimes for whomstever. Wants to pay me that sweet, sweet folding stuff here in Larry Armour Studios, hanging out, giving you the lowdown on all the ins and outs of the NBA playoffs. And it's all happening, I'll tell you that much. What a day. We are here repping Australia a bit. That's what we do. We don't take things too seriously around here. We leave that for the nerds. But playoffs, wow. What a great day. Enthralling game threes today and bed shitting of the highest order by the Timberwolves. A boil over in Utah. And an amazing, amazing Splash Brothers performance in Colorado for the Warriors. I'll get the latest on the Chris Middleton, Devin Book, Luke Doncic, and Ben Simmons injuries. I'll get all the games covered in the game wraps. I've got a juicy slab, but that's not a knife. Oh, mate, no, mate, spot on the night. Better than Lonzo Ball, dickhead of the week. We've got Yeah, Nazi on popular opinion of the day on our back take house. Where we're serving up a flame girl take. Uh, there's Australian Player Watch. It's only greening today, but he had a bloody good game. Uh, we'll chuck into Shane Hill, shoot a shoot, shoot your shot, light him up a ward as well. And we'll preview and pick every single game for the weekend. I cannot wait. It's going to be a big weekend of basketball. Tell you that much. Uh, we'll finish up with the cooking with Bainsey. All right, let's get into it. Episode 801 of NBA Australia. How's that? 801. Let's go. This is Joe Ingalls, and you're listening to NBA Australia. Watch out for the shark attack. Oh, you better. Or the chuck attack if you're the, the wolves. That was embarrassing for basketball, says Chuck. Oh, the wolves. It really was. That was gross. Uh, right, let's start today's show the way we start every show here at NBA Australia with a daily... Whip around Chris Middleton. Oh, geez. That's right. So an update to his uh, sprained MCL. As you'd expect, it's a knee injury. It's a sprained MCL. Uh, the Bucks will basically be without him for at least the rest of this first round series against the Bulls. And uh, we'll find out a little bit more. Basically, they're going to reevaluate him in two weeks and see how he's doing. And they'll have a bit more of an idea and a timeline on any sort of possible return. Uh, but yeah, brutal sprained MCL in his left knee. Just the timing of it for the Bucks, where you're like, all right, well, we let the Bulls get one. That's annoying. Shit. We lose midi. Oh, God, what are we going to do? And then we find out, yeah, every time it's an MCL, there's like, you know, there are weird sort of reports about uh, from all the medical folks out there about the timelines, etc., where it's going to be that sort of at least sort of three-week-ish, at least bare minimum kind of vibes. So, yeah, it's not a surprise that Mitty's out for at least this series. So, it sucks, but, you know, here's hoping he comes back as soon as he can because I hate injuries. We all hate injuries. Injuries, they're shit. This is an anti-injury podcast. Let's make that official. (laughs) We are firmly anti-injury here on NBA Australia. And uh, because all I ever wanted, I'm also anti, you know, Dumb fuckery that keeps away the best players from the court, Kyrie. Uh, Because I just want to see the best basketball possible. Because it's fucking great. Uh, Speaking of which, that stinks. Uh, Devin Booker. 
uh, the grade one right hammy strain, he reckons. So usually a grade one, that's about two to three weeks at least to sort of get back from that. So that's also Booker might be Dunsky for the entire first round series against the Pels. So there you go. Two of the, you know, last year's NBA finalists missing two of their dudes with two big, big injuries for at least the first round. If they get through the first round, those series are both tied. That's crazy. And yet here we are. So hopefully, look, even uh, Monty Williams is like, hey, man, Devin Booker, look, we know he's going to miss, miss at least the next two games. He does come back a bit quicker than usual, though, does Devin. That's what he does. Bit of a psycho. <laughs> You're like, yeah, cool. Uh, well, I don't know. The thing is, like, if Phoenix can somehow, like, just pull off a split in New Orleans, they might be able to just go screw it and roll the dice without him anyway, and they might be fine. So, either way, tricky one there. And Luka Doncic, there was the optimism that he'd be out there for game three today against the Utah Yes, Didn't matter. Still rolled. Uh, he was a very late scratch. Basically, Jason Kidd came down to the wire, and he's like, oh, yeah, what do you reckon? And Luka's like, oh, man. Oh, I don't know, bro. <laughs> I enjoyed that because it's like, ah, uh, yeah, I guess. Uh, we'll see. Like, basically, kid was like, yeah, we'll see how he feels at game time. Um, and then it basically came down to about the game time, literally the game time decision of like, ah, uh, fuck, ah, uh, nah, okay. We'll uh, have to basically sit him and away we go. Bit of a tricky one. Interesting vibes. Kind of fun vibes. Uh, don't know. I'm assuming he's going to come back. Look. He was basically like, you know, he came out and said uh, he continues to progress. But as we've said from the start, we're going to be cautious with his injury. Sitting him tonight fits with that. So, yeah, just not going to uh, go. So a bit of a pessimism. He'd said that he was feeling great after, uh, you know, shoot around, etc. But, yeah, no good on going into the game. And turns out that was the right move because they still won. And then Ben Simmons, Box Hill, Benny himself. Benny the Bricky, he's going to be out there building a new brick shithouse for you with all the bricks that he's going to be throwing up, maybe, perhaps, in game four. Oh, but Jimmy, isn't the next game game three? Yeah, you'd be right. Uh, but he's definitely going to make his season debut, game four. That is crazy. Uh, last time we saw your bed, uh, you were shitting the bed in epic fashion in the playoffs. Uh, you're now returning for your first game of the season, uh, possibly down 3-0 against the Celtics. Uh, how are you feeling? Uh, like I'm not going to shit the bed. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Unbelievable scenes. I'm excited. I'd bring him back for game three just for that. So you just can't tag him with fucking blame. Ah, oh, you're the reason we got swept. <laughs> he came back, he was undercooked. God damn. Anyway. So that's all the news basically from today. It's all injury news at the moment because obviously there's not much else uh, floating around. There's... Um, you know, there's just all the sort of uh, other draft sort of gushing stuff out there where you're like, yeah, like Chet Holmgren and all those dudes are officially entering the draft. Uh, but otherwise, I mean, not a giant amount otherwise. Uh, right. So let's get to some game reps. Game reps, game reps, game reps, game reps, game reps, game reps, from today, three awesome games. They were all awesome. This was great. Memphis, 
104 defeated the Minnesota Timberwolves 95. What is one of the uh, all-time rules here of NBA Australia? You can never trust the T-Wolves. That's why I picked Memphis yesterday. Of course, my reasoning for that was like, Jar might have 40 and that'd be fucking awesome. Jar had like one of the worst triple-doubles you'll ever see, but did fire up his team hardcore and they were amazing. But seriously, this game is off the fucking chain. Hey, kid. Hey, kid. Have you ever seen the home team of a playoff series blow a 20-point lead twice in one game? You want to see a dead body? <laughs> Holy shit! Seriously, the Wolves came out on fire, put the boot in, they were kicking the fuck out of the Grizzlies. They're up 26 in the second quarter. Uh, but the Grizzlies, they pulled it back. It was like, what, seven at the half? And you're like, holy shit, all right, cool. The Grizzlies are back in this. This is great. And then the Wolves go, ah, not so fast. Boom! Go back up 23. It's suddenly 25. And you're like, oh, this game's over. Shit. Like, Memphis already came back from 20. And it was like, the turn, I think they had 15 turnovers at that point in Memphis when it was like the 23-point deficit in the third quarter. And you're like, oh, God. But, uh, you know, a little bit of a run at the end of the third quarter. It's only, air quotes, 16 points going to the fourth quarter. Now, you might look at that and go, geez, if you've got to outscore somebody by 16 in the fourth quarter, you might be a little bit up shit creek, I'm just saying. Well, how about we fucking outscore them by 25? <laughs> what is going on? That is chaos. 37-12, the Grizzlies finish up this game because it goes from that 25-point game in the third quarter and across the third and fourth quarters, the Grizzlies rip off a 21-0 run. 21 to 0. Absolutely amazing shit. Absolutely crazy. You just, if I wasn't watching this, like, and someone was like, oh, nah, man, it's how it went. It's like, oh, nah, that's all good. 21 to zip. I'm like, no. Seriously, not. No, that did not happen. And it did. It was absolutely fucking chaos. The Wolves did not score until the game was tied. It was tied. They didn't score the entire fourth quarter until there was seven and a half minutes left. That is absolutely just... Of all the shitting down your leg moments, this is massive. It was tied. Then Ant-Man hit some free throws. Tyce Jones then buries a fucking mega three. The Grizzlies lead for the first time in the game, and they never trailed again. I mean, that is absolute fucking chaos, isn't it? And it was also hilarious to watch. Absolutely loved it. Seriously, that was the first time they led all game at that exact moment. And then they never trailed again. Like, the Wolves scored nine points in the fourth quarter, essentially, right? Because it was like 11 seconds left in the game. The game's out of reach now, and Ant-Man hits a meaningless three. Like, Pat Bev hit two free throws to get them back within three with two and a half minutes to go in the game. And they didn't score again until Ant-Man hits that meaningless three with 11 seconds left. Like, Clark was huge down the stretch. Big Brandon Clark just tipping things in. Oh, cleaning up the offensive boards. But most importantly, hitting his fucking free throws. God damn, he was good. Like, Ja Morant was shitting himself and missing free throws. Like, he missed two in a row at one point. Brandon Clark, out there fighting for the goddamn offensive rebound, gets fouled, and then calmly as you like, buries two more free throws. It was unbelievable. Uh, Dylan Brooks's cap of three that put the Grizz up 10 with about a minute to go was fucking massive. But what a comeback. It came from everywhere. Desmond Bain nailing threes left, right, and center. 
Tyus Jones, as mentioned, with that huge three in the middle of the fourth. Like, the Grizzlies, this is my favorite aspect of them, all right? Because this is it. Like, oh, Ja Morant had a triple-double, Jimmy. Yeah, he had a 16, 10, and 10, but he shot 5 of 18. So Ja's struggling with pretty much every aspect of his game in this one. He goes 5 of 10 at the line as well. It was where all those games this season where they played without Jar and they were like, oh, it's all right, we're fine. And the other dudes aren't worried if he's struggling or if he's not there. They play the game the right way, the way they want to, the way the Grizzlies coaching staff want them to play. And they play with each other, they play for each other, and they kick their fucking ass. Like, for your superstar to have such a down game and the rest of the team just go, that's fine, we've got this. That's fucking huge. And, like, Jar wasn't horribly, horrible, horrible, horrible shit. Like, it was still a plus. But, um, maybe not in the plus minus, mind you, but, like, he was still fucking good. It was a plus 20, by the way. <laughs> Love it. But the Wolves, they're the opposite. Like, it's all well and good when you get out in transition, you're getting some easy buckets, you're making nice transition threes, you're feeling good about stuff. Then it slows down, and all you're doing is shitting in your hand and throwing it against the like the wall, just hoping for the best. You know what you've got at that point? A shit-covered wall! That's not basketball! <laughs> what the fuck was that, Wolves? They end up shooting 38% from the floor in the end, 16 turnovers. Everybody was horrible. Ant-Man goes 19-7-2. Horrible in the fourth. D'Lo, 22 points, 8 assists, 3 turnovers, 9 of 21 overall, 4 of 8 from 3. Brutal, though, in the uh, fourth quarter. 10 and 13 with 3 steals for Jared Vanderbilt. He was all right. Cat, uh, remember him? Because if you watch the game, you'd be like, where's that guy who's the biggest, you know, the best shooting big man of all time that he reckons? Because all I see is a giant fucking spud out there with 8 points on 4 shots and has as many fucking turn. He's got more turnovers than made field goals in this game. That guy, yeah. Is that Carl Anthony Towns? Yeah, it is. Oh, jeez. Uh, 14 points, 5 assists, 3 steals, and a couple of blocks. But Pat Bev uh, was also horrible late. He shot 5 of 13 overall and 0 of 5 from downtown. Thanks for coming, Patrick. Oh, boy. Uh, what else? Beasley, 11 points on 12 shots. He was brutal. McDaniels, look, he wasn't bad. 2 of 4 on 3s, but he did have 4 turnovers. A bit brutal for your bench dudes. But the Grizzlies, incredible stuff. They missed 11 free throws and they won this. At 18 turnovers, they won it. They went 14 of 37 from downtown. Very handy. But Desmond Breen went 7 of 15 from downtown. That helps. 8 of 19 overall for his 26. Jar, as mentioned, 16, 10, and 10. Just a real sneaky double, uh, triple double. Uh, shot 5 of 18, did Jar? 5 of 18! But still with a triple double. You'd love to see it. 11 points of Dylan Brooks goes 4 of 14. 1 of 6 from downtown. But the one that he hit was with one minute to go in the game that was the absolute fucking real deal sealer. Amazing. It was so wet. Like, what did I tweet out? It was wetter than his hair looks. <laughs> Triple J was in foul trouble all game. So they started slow-mo Kyle Anderson next to Kyle, uh, next to Triple J. Uh, so you've got the sort of three-guard lineup, essentially, of Jar, Desmond Breen, Dylan Brooks, and then slow-mo and Triple J. And the Wolves just got fucking... Look... The way they came out and kicked the shit out of him early, like, oh, God, Taylor Jenkins has made a horrible decision. Because <laughs> he literally benched Stephen Adams, the big Kiwi. You know, that's uh, as I was saying on the broadcast, there's Ja Morant's security blankets, it's the guy out there sort of fighting for offensive rebounds, just a big body in the lane to fuck shit up against the likes of the uh, Wolves. But it wasn't Carl Anthony Towns who was hurting them early, right? So off they went. 
Incredible stuff. Brandon Clark with 20 points and eight rebounds. He's going to pop up again later. He was amazing. 11 points for Tyus Jones. 3-3 from Fruit. Fruit for free. And uh, slow-mo. Look, 26 minutes for Kyle Anderson. He has four points, three rebounds, three assists, a steal and a block. Not stats that are going to blow you away. And he's also the boldest dude with hair you'll have ever seen. Like, his hairline starts behind his ears. <laughs> like, far be it from me to comment on anybody's hair. It's like me commenting on anybody's weight. It's like, Jimmy, slow your fucking roll there, pal. <laughs> you fat, balding bastard. <laughs> but Kyle Anderson was just everywhere. He's like a nice, calming presence. And I think I talked about in game two how the uh, Memphis Grizzlies are basically controlled chaos. And slow-mo just gives them a hint of a conscience. And God damn, he's important. So just a great game. Xavier Tillman had five and three. Uh, didn't have quite the game-breaking impact he had in game two, but still... Was very handy. Memphis, they now lead 2-1. to one, Take back home court in insane fashion. Coming back from 26 points down. And now they've got the Wolves shook to the fucking core, no doubt. Who knows what's going to happen in game four, but I cannot wait. Utah! Talking about shitting the bed. Got just beaten by Dallas. 126-118. Now, you might think, Jimmy, that's a bit of a uh, straightforward way to say that they lost. It's like, yeah, they got beaten by the Mavs. This was just... A really impressive game by the Mavericks because they controlled it early and never let up. He knew that the inevitable run would come, and it did. But the way they weathered it and then the way that they sort of then reasserted control was absolutely fucking incredible, I thought. So, like, early on, like, it was a bit back and forth. And then towards the end of the first quarter, they sort of took control just that little bit. What, they're up, like, six or seven at the um, after one. And you're like, all right, let's go. This is going to be fun. Dallas putting up a fight. They're up seven after the first quarter. Then they really turned it on and kicked it into gear in the second quarter. They got up and they stayed up, which is one of those things. You're like, you don't have your best player. Utah are basically at full strength. Utah are at home. It's 1-1. Utah win this. They're taking control of the series. Nope. Dallas in the second quarter. You've suddenly got Davish Bratans and his stupid Amish beard. Trey Burke, Josh fucking Green. Greedy. They were working the Jazz. And then Brunson and Boyan, they were going back and forth in the middle of that quarter. And then bang, right at the end of the second quarter, Bertan smoked a couple of threes. And you're like, holy shit. And the Mavs are up 17. Unbelievable scenes. In the second half, the Jazz came out like feeling it. Donnie was getting going as well. Uh, Donnie had fuck all in the first half. He had like four points, right? Uh, but then... You know, Utah sort of ate in the lead. Mavs got back up 17. Dinwiddie just killed Gobert at one point. I'll talk about that in a second. Uh, Utah pulled it back, though. They just slowly eked into it. They they made all 10 of their shots inside the arc in the third quarter. They dropped 40 points in the third quarter. Outscored Dallas 40-29. to 29. Right back in it. It's a six-point game going into the fourth quarter, but the Mavs just... This arm wrestle in the fourth quarter was absolutely fascinating because Utah just shot themselves in the foot time and time again, it felt right. Like, they got it all the way down to one point. All the way down. They fought, they fought, they fought. They get it to one halfway through the uh, quarter, but they could never just get over the top. And what do I say? Oh, the job here at NBA Australia. You should never trust anyone who says, I always say. Yeah, that's what I say. Uh, (laughs) I always say that. But one of the uh, founding tenets of NBA Australia is it's really fucking hard to fight all the way back into a game and then actually get over the top and then hold on to win. 
and you saw it. Like, they were just sort of a little bit gassed after the big comeback. They get it down to one, but they held their nerve. The Yaz missed a couple of big shots. Like, Boyan was wide open on a three, clanked it. Conley missed a shot, but Conley was, like, pretty big in that run to get it back down to one. Donnie Mitchell smoked a big three. It's like, shit, here we go. But the Mavs, they just sliced apart that Jazz D. Dinwiddie getting to the cup. Brunson getting in and amongst it. And then, boom, like, after Conley got it down to, what, 103-102, Dinwiddie hits two buckets that were just out of nowhere, exactly what the Mavs needed, right? Just drives, drives, drives. Brunson scored six points on three straight possessions, and then suddenly it's like 113-104. It was absolutely fucking incredible. And then from there, just, I mean, the pressure shots that they hit. The Mavs on the road. Dorian Finney-Smith hits a massive three to put him up 10 with just under two minutes to go. And then Spencer Dinwiddie with the biggest stones shot you'll see in this game. The end of the shot clock, less than half, a minute and a half to go. Puts him back up 10, just drops a bomb from like 29 feet. You're like, holy shit. And they hold on from there, obviously. And the Jazz, they shot 56.5% and they lost. It's because they went 9 to 28 from downtown versus 18 to 42 from three for the Mavs. And uh, yeah, I'm no math magician. <laughs> but if you double up, the opposition on made threes, you might win that game. Donnie had 32. He had 28, I think it was, in the second half. And it just wasn't enough. It just wasn't enough. 12 or 22, because he went, uh, I think it was like one of eight from three. Oof. Tough scenes there for Donnie Mitchell. Conley was pretty good, 21 and six. He got a big bounce back game. He needed that. Bayan has 24, four of seven from downtown. But just his defense, his positioning, his inability to hit a massive shot right then at that big point in the fourth quarter, a bit brutal. 15 and 7 for Rudy Gobert. They actually sort of took him off and uh, went a bit small, did the Yaz, and it really sort of kicked them in the ass. And they got back into it because of that. But yeah, thanks for coming, Rudy. Royce, look, in terms of actually uh, the minutes that Gobert played, and he only played 29 minutes, really. And you're like, oh, well, not ideal. <laughs> seven for Whiteside, 10 for Pascal. Brutal. Anyway, uh, Royce O'Neal, zero field goal attempts, two points, one assist, two turnovers, a minus 13 in 32 minutes. Royce was out there getting in some cardio. You'll love to see that. And uh, Clarkson, Jordan Jeremy Clarkson with 14 points, 5-9 from the floor. Just his impact has been really limited this series by the Mavs and just like the sheer size of some of their dudes that they can throw out there on the uh, on the wing. And, uh, yeah, Daniel House, Eric Pascal, they did little bits. They were fine, but oof. Not great for the uh, Yaz role players off the bench. Like, Pascal sort of changed the ch- tone a little bit. He had six points in, like, 10 minutes and really sort of got them going. But Daniel House in 19 minutes goes one-on-one from the floor. It's six rebounds, two points. Just not enough, though. Like, the Mavs, only, like, eight turnovers for the entire game. They looked after the ball. They valued every possession. They took 14 more shots than the Jazz. 83 to 69. They had, what, only, it was only like six more uh, offensive rebounds, but they had 10 steals to two. So forcing those turnovers made a goddamn big difference. Jalen goddamn Brunson's incredible. What a warrior as well. Got absolutely cleaned up by Royce O'Neal. Fucking blindsided by that burst. Uh, you saw Mike Conley get a flagrant as well. I think it's his first ever. Uh, but Jalen Brunson ends up with 31-5, and five, which was just absolutely massive. Like, holy moly. In a game where you don't have Luca, it's like, nah, man, it's all good. <laughs> and yeah, Conley got his first flagrant. That's hilarious. Um, but Brunson was awesome. Absolutely fantastic game by him. 
there was just moments when he came back. So he gets cleaned up by Royce O'Neal, comes back on a little bit later, and just like shakes it off and just goes, nah, I'm good. Hits like a mid-ranger, absolute fucking swish bomb. Spencer didn't what he, he shot 6 of 21, didn't matter. 20 points, 5 rebounds, 6 assists, 2 of 7 from downtown. Massive cap of late when they were struggling and uh, the Yaz was still threatening. The absolute sealer, that was massive. Dorian Finney-Smith, that big three late as well. 14 points, four steals. God damn, he's good. 12-6-3 for Reggie. Sniper alert, Bullock. 3-6 from downtown. He missed a big one late as well, but he was really good. Uh, Maxi Kleber, hello. 17 points, 4-5 from downtown. Maxi Kleber turning into like old Davis Batans is like pretty cool. And Davis Batans turned into old Davis Batans as well for this game. Four of seven from downtown. He had 15 points in 14 minutes. Davis Batanz, you legend. And Josh Green. Greeny! Yes, you legend. Josh fucking Green. 12 points, four of six from the floor, three of five from downtown. He was awesome. Six assists. He played his ass off, did Greeny. He looked great. I mean, he had a couple of like weird little moments, but he was a plus 10. He was unreal in 19 minutes. Greeny, you absolute legend. Dallas, this is a massive win. They're up 2-1 now in the series. Win on the road without Luka. Now you can roll the dice with him in game four, not depending on how close he is. And this is an unmitigated disaster for Utah, isn't it? I mean, you've got a wounded Mavs team without their best player. You're at home. The series is tied. This is your chance to prove to everybody, nah, we are for real, man. And you shit all over yourselves. What are you doing? Great game, though. Golden State as well and Denver. Another great game, 118-113. The Warriors beat Denver in Colorado. Tell you what, basketball, it's a game of runs. First half, Warriors controlled it. They get up, Nuggets are going to run, pull it all the way back. Warriors are going to run, get back up, and uh, the Nuggets are going to run, pull it all the way back. It was crazy. They got up as many as 12 of the Warriors in the second quarter. Pool was unstoppable, but the Nuggets just kind of kept themselves in it all the way through. And then in the third, like after the Warriors' big run to take that big lead, uh, it was just a huge Nuggets run to get the lead back. And then the Warriors, another run to get in front again. And then a seven-zip run by the Nuggets right at the end of the third to get back up four. And they're up two going to the fourth quarter. It was a huge third quarter by Denver. Like, Aaron Air Gordon was everywhere. Joker kept ticking over. They were just doing good stuff. And then the arm wrestle of the fourth quarter. That was awesome. The Warriors' PTSD lineup. So, uh, Poole, Thompson, Steph, and Dre... They're out there causing absolute havoc. You saw Iggy with a massive dunk in there. Uh, But really, it all just came down to right at the end. That's all it was. The Nuggets went scoreless for like three minutes down the stretch, and they lost it right then and there. They had six straight empty possessions, and uh, it was like a 9-2 run to close it out by Denver. I mean, against Denver by the Warriors. It was incredible. Like Air Gordon just runs Curry over at one point, offensive foul. He had a bad will the thrill miss three, and airballed Monty Morris three. Uh, Joker with like a pretty like not comfortable looking sort of turnaround jumper in the paint that was long. And all you're thinking is like all the way through all these possessions is like, just give the fucking ball to Nikola Jokic, the MVP, and let him just do what he needs to do. And they just didn't quite let, let him. And then 41 seconds left, Steph drives by everybody layup, and that's basically the game. Five-point Warrior lead. The next Nuggets play, you got Joker in the paint. Draymond strips him. Poole hits one or two free throws. Free throw game down the stretch. Curry misses one of two as well. And you think, oh, the Nuggets, we've got a chance. Nah. Shit the bed. Couldn't get anything off. They sucked. 
And uh, I'll tell you what, the Nuggets are bad. <laughs> They're just fucked. Like, that was easily their best chance to win a game in this series, and they just screwed the pooch dramatically because they were right there. They were right fucking there in this game. Seriously, they scored just fucking nothing down the stretch while the Warriors ran over the top of them. So, yeah, not ideal, bruz. Not ideal because, like, Will the Thrill tips that last sort of ball in and then they sort of do the take fouls. It's a five-point game, and Will the Thrill gets blocked with 17 seconds left, and they sort of just let the clock run out. It's like, you've got... It's only a five-point game. What are you doing? Nuggets. They're missing free throws. Maybe they're getting a bit funky in the old fucking app, in the, uh, you know, the altitude, but... No. Nah. Anyway, Joker ends up with 37, 18, and 5. Pretty good game. Can play. Uh, five turnovers, though. 14 to 22 from the floor. Just incredible game. But this is it. Like, you can't waste... This Joker performance and expect to like be in this series. So 18, 12, and 4 for Air Gordon. Will the Thrill 13 on 12 shots. Monty Morris 10 points on 11 shots. 1 of 5 from 3, though. Uh, Air Gordon, though, he like started 1 of 5 or 1 of 6 and ends up shooting 7 of 13. So not bloody bad. Uh, 9 and 3 for Boogie in 10 minutes. Austin Rivers. I loved it. He went 2 of 2 from 3. He was out there talking shit to Jordan Poole. Had 6 points in 21 minutes and 5 fouls. Thanks for coming, Austin. The most punchable man in the NBA. Jermichael and El Jefe Green, they weren't good. Like, this is the game where you're like, we need a good Jeff Green performance. And as we've found out, every fucking time in the past, if you're relying on Jeff Green, it's not reflex. You can't rely on Jeff Green. He'll have like a crazy performance out of fucking nowhere. You're like, oh, God, Jeff Green's awesome. But when you need it, fucking crickets. One of five today, two rebounds and two turnovers in 22 minutes. Jermichael Green, one of two in 12 minutes with one turnover. Zeros everywhere else. They were just horrible, horrible, horrible. The Warriors, though, amazing. Curry, 27. Poole, 27. Clay, 26. Exactly what they needed. The Splash Brothers going absolutely fucking ham. For what's that? That's fucking 80 points combined between the three of them. So... They shot the shit out of it. Draymond had six points, ten assists. Wigo hit a massive three late that uh, put them back up five, I think. Uh, the mitten, Gary Payton, the second, 11 points and a steal, four of four from the floor. Four of four from the floor. Three for free for free. Yep. And Iguodala's dunk, amazing. Golden State, just, they have that swagger. They have that nous. And in these close games, they're just like, oh, it's fine. We've still got Steph. We've still got Paul. We've got Clay. And if they're even remotely on, we're probably going to win this game. It's exactly what happened. So Golden State up three zip. Uh, feels like they're going to close this out in four because this Nuggets team just feels like they're on fumes. So what an awesome day. What a great bunch of games. Let's do an NBA Australia approved performance of the night quickly. <laughs> That's not a knife. That's a knife. I mean, Brandon Clark was incredible. Uh 20 and 8. I'm going to talk about him in a second, but 12 points in the fourth quarter for Brandon Clark. He outscored the Wolves all by himself. Played all 12 minutes, 3 or 4 from the floor, 6 or 6 at the free throw line. Just the sheer stones on that dude, the young man, to go out and do it. Incredible. Uh, but Joker, the 37, 18 and 5 in a losing effort. Bit brutal, but I think today's NBA Australia pre performance of the night's got to go to A, the fucking Grizzlies as a collective. Holy shit. Two 20-plus point deficits, and they come back and win them. That is 
patently fucking insane. And my God, the way they did it, it was so cool. The 21-zip run, they completely silenced that Minnesota crowd. It was incredible. To do that on the road, unreal. Like, just the sheer fortitude of Desmond Boone, Tyus Jones, even Jar. He just, even though he was struggling shooting-wise, he just fucking kept going at him. And that is just, like, if you're the opposition, you're like, this fucking guy, man, I'm sick of standing in front of him. He's a freight train. I hate this. And he just, they wore them down and they kicked the shit out of them. Incredible. Uh, but the other one's obviously the Splash Brothers. Holy shit. As mentioned, Steph 27 off the bench, six assists, nine of 17 shooting, three of nine from downtown. Pool, nine of 13 from the floor for his 27, three of five from three. And Clay, 26, he hit six of 13 from three. Amazing vibes. So they combined to go 80, 80 points to the uh, Splash Brothers, the Splash Triplets. They shoot a combined 28 of 48 and 12 of 27 from downtown. So it's that sort of game where you're like, ah, oh, if our three best shooters all have a good game, oh, yeah, we're fucking unstoppable. That is so fucking efficient. 9 of 17, 9 of 13, 10 of 18. Holy crap. The Nuggets never had a chance. So there you go. The Splash Brothers, Joker, the Grizzlies, Brandon Clark. What an array of approved performances of the night. The flip side of that, though... Spud, 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 he, up until that point, he was 0 of 2, all from 3. D'Lo was 0 of 3, 0 of 2 from downtown. Malik Beasley, 0 of 4 and 0 of 3 from 3. That is insane. Pat Bev was 0 of 5 in the fourth quarter. Carl Anthony Towns took one shot in eight minutes in the fourth quarter. Oh, but he was in foul trouble, man. That doesn't mean you can't take a shot, Carl. What the fuck? Fuck, that is a disaster zone. My favorite aspect of watching this game, though, was just how relentlessly Cat shits down his leg. He's like, oh, what's that over there? Is that a bad foul? Yeah, I'm going to go get that. Boom! Every fucking time. He's got the basketball IQ of a cinder block. Holy shit. Like, I don't know what's going through his head half these fucking times, but dude, that was just an all-time spud effort by all of this team. And it was uh, great to listen to the Inside the NBA crew after it just go, uh, I think it was Chuck saying, look, they ain't no bad kids, they're just bad parents. And he's like shitting on the coaching. It's like, at some point, I get that it's a bit of coaching. At the same time, the coaches aren't going 0 of 5, Pat Bev, 0 of 2, Ant-Man, 0 of 3, D-Lo, 0 of 4, Malik Beasley. One shot, Carl Anthony Towns in eight minutes. Like, yes, the coaches should be just going, right, we're going to put a stop to this. Because, look, I'm going to get to this in one second. Uh, They're not shooting the ball. But at the same time, your spud of the night is also going to be Chris Finch because they ripped off a 21-0 run and at no point did he go, oh, maybe I should call a timeout. They tied the fucking game and he didn't call a timeout. It's like, what the fuck is going on with this guy? Finchy, mate, 
You have timeouts in a basketball game. You are allowed to use them. Oh, no, I thought we'd fight back into it, bro. What are you talking about? That was absolutely fucking chaos how long it took for him to get a timeout. It was seriously like they were down by the time they took a timeout in the fourth quarter. That's incredible. They were down 86-85. They'd blown the lead. They'd gotten it tied up. Then they took a fucking timeout after they went down. I don't know about you because I'm no rocket surgeon, (laughs) but I would take a fucking timeout before I blew the giant lead. At some point, you're like, oh, oh, okay. Nah, it's, oh, cool. Tyus Jones is hit a three, and it's like, we're we're only up three now. We haven't scored for three fucking minutes in the fourth quarter. Nah, got to make sure that you completely blow the lead. Chris Finch, the entire Wolves organization. Spuds of the night. Who's old mate, no mates, though? Old mate, no mates. 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 Who's got no mates today? Uh, Carl Anthony Towns, obviously, but my favourite thing was... Uh, <laughs> a, Jamarant's triple-doubles, the first the Memphis have ever had in uh, playoff history, which is hilarious. Uh, but also, uh, my favourite thing was uh, Jamarant shitting on Carl Anthony Towns because Jamarant is a fucking legend and I love him. So Cat, when things were going well early in this game, uh, they had the NBA TV audio, or TNT audio assist, and he's like, we're in Minnesota now, man. He's got such a weird fucking voice, Carl Anthony Towns as well. Oh, God, we've got, we're in Minnesota now. Ha-ha, we've got him. And Ja Morant took that, posted it, and said, we're in Minnesota now. And then, like, the most straight-laced fucking smiley face emoji you could ever see. Oh, but I love this. Carl Anthony Towns is getting shit on left, right, and center. I love to see it and uh, enjoyed it. And, of course, Rudy Gobert's this stuff. Talk about old mate, no mates. Donnie Mitchell's already throwing him under the bus, trading him this offseason. After the game, Donnie Mitchell's like, it starts defensively. Everything else falls into place. Uh, And then pointed out that Jazz's intensity didn't rally uh, until Eric Pascal checked in. Ah, so all those reports about Donnie Mitchell and Rudy Gobert hating each other a bit, they're untrue, man. Nah, that's definitely fucking true. Definitely true. Rudy Gobert, old mate, no mates forever and forever. (laughs) Oh, boy. Oh, and how was that fucking call on Jalen Brunson? Talk about old mate, no mates. Royce O'Neal just fucking just steamrolls him in the back and gets no, like just fucking runs over the top of him from behind. And he didn't get a call. Jalen Brunson, bit of old mate, no mates when it comes to the fucking refs. Uh, pantsing of the night. Rudy Gobert got pants by Spencer Dinwiddie. Spencer Dinwiddie's got like one knee and absolutely fucking rose up and yammed on the Stafford Tower. <laughs> I am the defensive player of the year. But also, I let everybody dunk on me, including this little man called Sponsor Dinwiddie, huh? Yeah, that's a bit of a pantsing. Better than Lonzo Ball! <coughs> Lonzo was the best player in high school. He was the best player in college. You think you gonna get to the pros and be like, I made it to the pros, now I can be average. You're coming for everybody. Coming for everybody. Brandon Clark. I already talked about him, but goddamn what, the 21st pick in the 2019 draft. Better than Lonzo Ball today because... He had just 
fucking balls of steel. Unbelievable game. 20 points, 8 rebounds and a block, 6 of 9. Nice from the floor. But my favorite thing was the 8 of the 8 free throws. Like, the 6 of 6 that he hit in the fourth quarter, uh, I remember, like, after the Jar Morant double miss as well, like, Brandon Clark just stepping up and cool as you fucking like, rattling in the first one. And then in the second one, you got Pat Bev yapping in your fucking ear and jumping at you when you're shooting the second one, which 100% should have fucking been a tech and a lane violation. Swish bump. Brandon Clark, you absolute fucking legend. What a great game. He was so fucking steady. Like, right, he's the exact opposite of the Wolves and everybody on the Wolves. <laughs> I loved it. Brandon Clark is great. To, and uh, it was today, better than Lonzo Ball. Who was Dickhead of the Week, though? Dickhead of the Week! Well, I mean, it's Kyrie. <laughs> it's just, it's always going to be Kyrie. The Kyrie Irving Memorial Dickhead of the Week. Uh, no, nah, it's just Kyrie. It's always going to be Kyrie. I mean, you can't have 39, talk shit to a bunch of Boston fans, flip them all off, and then come out in Game 2 and shit the bed and uh, just do a no-show and completely ghost on your current team to the point where everyone's like, is he doing what he did to Boston? Is like now going to go play in like, I don't know, Portland? <laughs> like, what the fuck, man? That was absolutely dickhead material. Seriously, you can't be like, hey, man, you know, it's the playoffs, playoff intensity. Yeah, they're going to talk shit. I'm going to talk shit back. And then fucking no-show game too, Kyrie. What the fuck? That is some dickhead territory. So you are, unsurprisingly, dickhead of the week. Uh, right, let's do a whole bunch of yeah nahs right after this. This is Cam Glidden. This is Anthony Drimmick. This is Mitch McCarran. This is Jason Kiddie. This is Daryl McDonald. Hey, guys, this is Hugh Greenwood. Yo, what's going on? This is Ellie. This is Mark Worthington, or commonly known as Wertho, and you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. 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 Let's do some ENRs. They're brought to you by the NBA Australia shop. Go get your merch. Get your merch. People. Get your merch. Get your merch. Wear it. Get your merch. Get your merch. Get your merch. Get your merch. Go get a t-shirt. Get a hoodie. Get right around it. Support your favorite daily NBA podcast that's based out of Australia. <laughs> Might be the only one, just saying. Anyway, some yeah, nahs. The Nuggets, they're one, two, three, Cancun, Jimmy. Yeah, nah. Yeah, they completely blew their best chance to even get into the series. And I feel like they even blew their best chance to make this a gentleman's sweep. Like, the, the Warriors are fucking on a, just an absolute heater at the moment. When you got the Splash Brothers throwing in 80 points on fuck all shots. Yeah, I mean... And you're right, still in that game because Joker's playing his ass off. Like, holy shit. That 80 points on 48 shots. Like, that is just fucking stupid. Like, what are we doing here at this point? Uh, so, yeah, the Nuggets, it took, like, just a superhuman performance by Joker to get them that close and they still blow it. I'll see you. Ah, uh, Utah cooked with Luca coming back. Yeah, nah. Nah. I'll say that. Because uh, that's why this game was so important for the Mavs, right? Because Luca coming back with the prospect of, say, going down 3-1. They're playing in game four. Say they're already down 2-1. Luca comes back. It's like, shit, actually, if we lose this, we're fucked. Like, that would have sucked. But now, 
because you've won game three and game two and you're up in the series, Luka can come back and just go, shit, I reckon we can steal another one in Utah. But the flip side for Utah, you got to look at this. The case is always so many times, like time and time again, the star comes back and uh, shit gets weird and the Stars team loses that game. So I think Utah can easily tie this back up. So I don't think they're cooked just yet. That also said, I do think they're cooked once uh, Luka gets back into the swing of it, which is always the tricky thing. Like, Luka and his injury is very similar to Devin Booker, right? Like, where he sort of comes back and it's like, doesn't miss a beat. Um, But, yeah, I think it'll take him just like a game or two, maybe, just to get the full swing of things. So Utah, they fucked the pooch. Screwed the pooch on this one. But they're not out of the series just yet. Like, Mavs fans will be fucking beside themselves, and so they should, that they're up 2-1. And they are a definite chance to actually go up 3-1 with Luka coming back. But I'm just saying, be wary, because when the star comes back, shit changes again. It all gets a bit weird. And Utah might actually uh, tie it back up. Matty Owers, he sent me one yesterday, I think just as the... uh, after we uh, wrapped on the show. Uh, probably missed Yanaz for today, Jimmy. But with Booker out and Mitty now likely gone too, the finals rematch we were expecting is looking very shaky. Yeah, nah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it just comes down to an odds thing, right? And like a, uh, not just an odds thing, but also like a, uh, I guess a matchup problem for both teams because they might both get out of their first round series. You're a one seed. You should probably still beat the eight seed if you're Phoenix. Midi on the Bucks. I mean, they're the three seed. This gets so fucking tough when they're like, oh, shit, we're going to have to play Boston without Chris Middleton. Oy! It gets very fucky very quickly. And, I mean, Phoenix, you are suddenly relying a lot on Michael Bridges and Chris Paul without Booker, but we have seen them, as I said yesterday, actually step up without Booker, so they might be okay, but jeez. Yeah, I feel like a finals rematch might be a little bit of a stretch now. Brutal. But at the same time, I still think both their teams can get out of the first round. But a finals to get through that many fucking series before they get back at some point? Brutal. Jez Oz! Fucking legendary Jez. Hey, champ, got some Yenars for you and a sous chef Jez outback take. Yeah, he's got that one later. That's good. Uh, number one, here are the Yenars. The Pelicans. Will be better off trading Zion for depth in their roster, e.g. quality defensive role players and draft picks. Yeah, nah. Uh, considering how fun and good they've been, I'd usually lean towards yeah, but also you got to go nah, right? Because you got to at least see. you got to see what you've got. Because Zion hasn't even played with CJ McCollum. He's barely fucking played with Spindles Ingram. <laughs> like, really? So I think you've got to roll him out there maybe literally and figuratively. Uh, And if it goes well, and if Zion's into it, then suddenly you've got him back on board 100% and you're fucking laughing because I know that I've said plenty of fucking times here that Zion's stats are very much like his diet, empty calories, but at the same time, he is a fucking special talent, right? And if you can sort of just figure out how he works with CJ, with Spindles, with Jonas... Like, you could be really, really on one then. But if he plays and it looks cool, but he's still being a fuckhead and still ball tickling like every other team that he wants to go play for and like, oh, hey, man, nah, fucking, 
he's breathing heavily, right? Because he's really big. Uh, yeah. Oh, no, like, MSG's really good, man. And, like, you've almost kind of do what Jez said and just go fuck it. Get as much talent and draft picks you can get back for him because you've got a pretty fucking good team anyway. Uh, but, yeah, I think your first option is always going to be to keep Zion and see how it works. But if he's still, you know, sort of real dickheading shit up, you got to fuck him off. You know? Number two, if the Wolves push the series out to six against the Grizz, that's a big step forward for them. Yeah, nah. After today, <laughs> if they get to six against the Grizzly, yeah. But also, yeah, he's right. Uh, because of games like today, yeah, it would have been. Because what's my rule? Never trust the T-Wolves. If they could have gotten it to six, if they can get it to six, I think now, after blowing this game today, if it doesn't go seven, I think the Wolves, it's... Yeah, if it doesn't go seven, I think the Wolves will be a bit disappointed, and they should be, because they had a huge chance to go up 2-1, and they completely fucked it. Like, you don't blow two 20-point leads in one game. Like, what are we doing here? Uh, So I think the Wolves either have to win or go all the way to seven and sort of wash the bad taste out of everyone's mouth about this game uh, for them to sort of look at this as a big step forward. Uh, But yeah... If they had of if they go out in five, like it's just fucking pack her up, boys. Like you sort of look at this series and go, ah, oh, it's just like Orlando beating the Raptors in the first game of the first round in 2019, and then the Raptors go on to win the title. But yeah, the two, the T Wolves are a better team than that Orlando team, so they should push it six, shouldn't they? Oof, tough scenes, tough scenes. Number three from Jazz getting Danny Tice back has righted the wrongs of Danny Ainge's past so far. Yeah, nah, nah, not yet. Not until they bring back Isaiah Thomas, the King in the Fourth, and Bangers Baines, the last two people that Danny Ainge fucked over before he bounced and went to Utah. Um, and like that's the thing in the back of my brain where I'm kind of like, oh yeah, Boston are really good, but they've still got karma just looming for the Bangers fuck around, for the Isaiah Thomas fuck around. Like, good on Brad Stevens for getting the gang back together and getting Al Horford, Danny Tice, etc. But you got to get IT and Bangers. Like, the sins of the past will not be washed away until that happens. Last one, the Cockwombles, i.e. Bleacher Report, who are saying that game winner in Game 3 by Embiid against the Raps is revenge for the Kawhi last shot a couple of years ago. Just dumb, stupid morons. (laughs) Because it doesn't mean shit until they win the series. Yeah, nah, yeah. I mean, 100%. You're going to be fucked in the head to even intimate that. Oh, he finally got him back. What? It's Game 3. Like... Even if it's essentially a series clincher, it's not a series ender, let alone a second round game seven buzzer beating game winner. And it's still Doc in the sixes. Like, that's not a knockout blow. If anyone's fucking primed to blow a three zip lead, it's James Harden combined with Doc Rivers and the sixes. Like, holy shit. So, yeah, I, we can't compare that to Kawhi. Like, holy shit. The ghost of him is laughing right now. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one, though. Uh, unpopular opinion of the day. Now look at me, please. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Oh, boy. Are we sure that week of uh, rest over the play-in tournament is good? Like, seriously, Booker and Mitty both go down with injuries. God damn. Like, I'm just saying, maybe they've got a couple of other games in there. <laughs> I mean, just saying. Ah. Uh, it was just like one thing that sort of popped into my head. I'm like, I don't know. 
I think rest is always good. But then they sort of ramp it back up and suddenly you're playing playoff intensity basketball after a week off. Shit. Ping goes a hammy. Uh, the Middleton one, that was a bit of a slip, so what can you do? Yeah, maybe not. Anyway, Outback Takehouse, including a special guest, Sue Chef Jez. Love it. It's Friday at Outback, and you know what that means? Oh, yeah, four for one TGIF Foster's Oil Drum Cans. That's right, full of tasty, cold Foster's Lager. It's basically Australian for horse piss. Only at Outback. Goes great with a flame grill take. And today's guest Outback take from sous chef Jez is the NBA stretched out the Nets Celtics series to allow Ben Simmons to be right for at least one game in order to silence the anti-Strayan bias movement that's been getting louder and louder from its HQ here at Larry Armour Studios. Only at Outback. Or contraire, I think this is all part of the NBA's actual anti-Australian bias. It's like, let's fucking throw him to the Wolves after the Nets blow Game 3. Simo comes back for Game 4. They get their ass fucking kicked, and then we can all blame him. <laughs> That's 100% what's going to happen, and I'm going to love it. Anyway, also extra, Outback Takehouse. Defensive coverages, offensive breakdowns, a stupid big Frenchman that everybody hates. Nah, Utah's falling apart. All because of one thing, and one thing only. They traded Joe Ingles. And the universe is like, well, now you're done fucked up. Sucked in dickheads. Only at Outback. Because guess what? Utah, you just got jingled. Alright, Australian Player Watch. Right after... This one... This is Matthew Delvedover and you're listening to NBA Australia. All right, Australian Player Watch. Uh, before we get to that, what do NBA All-Star Chris Paul, NASA Commander Scott Kelly, and Redico founder Alexis O'Hanian have in common? Well, incredible experiences, and uh, they've all turned those into audio courses on Knowable, which is a rad new app where the world's top experts teach you new skills in bite-sized audio courses. It's basically like Spotify, but for learning stuff. It's really good. Uh, the bloke from NASA talks about space. Chris Paul talks about the performance benefits of a plant-based lifestyle. He's going to need that the rest of this series. And uh, Alexis Ohanian teaches you how to launch a startup. There's over 100 other experts wait, right there waiting to teach you something new. So if you're keen on learning some new stuff, download the Noble app, bang in the code STRAYER, and you'll get 20% off. It's awesome. I love it. I've listened to this for, like, fucking for ages now, so go check it out. Right, Australian Player Watch, only Greeny in action today, Josh Green, and he was awesome. So I mentioned earlier, like, his impact was, like, pretty monumental, but... Because the Mavs needed everybody to step up in this game. He played 19 minutes. He goes for 12 points. Uh, but more importantly, went 3 of 5 from downtown. Now, if I told you, hey, what was the most amount of threes that Josh Green's ever made in a game? Guess what? It's fucking three! That's right. He's just gone and set a career high of three made threes in a game. That's awesome. Are you kidding me? Shit, yeah. So Greeny just comes out. Hits a career-high threes, three threes, and rolls from there. Like, that's fucking unreal. So, absolutely love this. Good job, Greeny. And uh, in terms of his career-high three threes, like, 
he had his awesome, what, 18-point game earlier this season. He only went one of three from that one. And all the rest of the season, he's only hit, you know, two. So he's gone out, hit three threes, absolutely legendary vibes. Four of six shooting overall, one of four from the free throw line, three rebounds, six assists, and played his goddamn ass off. Absolutely love it. Greeny, you legend. Had some just great moments too. So um, I think there was a steal in there as well, wasn't there? Got to check that. Because, yeah, two steals. Yeah, it was just kind of like filling up passing lanes, just causing havoc. Loved it. What a great game by Green. All right, quick Shane Hill, shoot, shoot, shoot your shot, light him up, award. He threw it down. Are you healed? Are you healed? Praise the Lord, I'm healed. Praise the Lord, for I'm healed. It is the Shane Hill. Shoot his shoot. Shoot your shot, light him up, award. All right, this is a quick one. Clay Thompson uh, just became the third most amount of uh, threes made in NBA playoff history. That's a lot! That's pretty high. So Steph's first at 480. LeBron James at 432. Clay just goes past Ray Allen. He now has 386 uh, threes in his playoff career, and that's amazing. And, uh, I mean, that came as part of, like, a huge day for the Splash Brothers, where, as I said... At 80 points combined on 48 shots. 12 or 27 from three. Talk about shooter shooting and shooting their shot. That's exactly what they did. Right. Good stuff. Clay. What a legend. This is a dude who also missed two fucking years. He's got 386. Unbelievable. All right. Uh, Penny Mills Game Day Baller Game Day Twitter check-in. Oh, yeah. Enjoyed this one because it's good, you know, it's good to go back to our roots sometimes and actually see just a bunch of Joe Ingalls tweets. <laughs> because he's been on a fucking heater, has Joey. I'm enjoying this one. So Scott Morrison, uh, the coach of um, Perth, right? He's out there, like, uh, saying, if I lose my job, they're paying me out for my salary next season. I got myself into a big challenge, and if it's making me a better coach, if fans of the ownership want to send me packing, they can send me with my salary, and good luck to the next guy. Jingles retweeted that and said, the man wants his money. Like, <laughs> laughing emoji. <laughs> Sunglasses emoji. Uh, but the other one's pretty good. Uh, Joe Ingles. Uh, son, can someone tell Don, Mike, and Royce to force Jalen Brunson right? Joe Ingles, I know you have their numbers. <laughs> Jingles is like, ha, 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 I do. But I have a dinner with friends tonight. Will be a great game, though. He also now plays for Portland, so I don't know if he's allowed to do <laughs> at least publicly acknowledge it. So, But my favourite one from Jingles is one from yesterday. Eight weeks post-surgery today. Feeling great. Slow journey, but enjoying it as much as I can. Time to smash out five more weeks till Australia. Prayer hands emoji. Fuck yes. Let's go, Joe. I love it. Righto. Let's do some game previews for the weekend. Game previews. Game previews. Thanks, inadvertent Bane. Not a problem, Jimmy. How's it all going? Oh, bloody good. Did our 800th episode yesterday. Feeling good, feeling great. Going to smash some tins with the squid. And uh, old mate tonight. That's our uh, regular thing now, isn't it? Every time we have a big milestone episode, we go to the pub. And uh, yeah, it's all good. So today we went two of three on the picks. The only one we missed was uh, the bloody nuggets crapping the bed down the stretch. So... But we absolutely nailed the uh, Dallas pick and even the Memphis pick, which obviously I was sweating on earlier. But, yeah, happy that uh, that one came through. 
So eight of 20 so far for the playoffs. We're eking our way back after our disastrous start the first weekend. <laughs> Let's try to make a better one this weekend. Right, so Saturday we start off with game three of Miami at Atlanta. The Heat go up to Georgia, feeling good, absolutely fucking bodying Atlanta. This 100% feels like the uh, game three where the really low seed sort of just pulls one out so they get the gentleman sweep. But this is Miami. They're a team who don't tend to fuck around much. I'm going Miami. They're one and a half point favorites in Atlanta. They're spending all their time making Trey Young's life hell. We know that the role players in Atlanta are going to play better, but I just think the matchup against Miami is just too tough. They're just too physical. And uh, I think Miami can win that one. So give me Miami minus one and a half. And then they maybe take the foot off the gas for game four in Atlanta, you know, get the gentleman's sweep one there. But yeah, for the moment, Miami minus one and a half. Millie Walker without Chris Middleton. They'll go to Chicago. I picked this one the other day. I'm saying Milwaukee will win it. Uh, despite, you know, losing Middleton in game two. So they go to Chicago for game three. I'm taking the Bucks minus two and a half in this. I think Giannis just goes right, fuck it. Here's a big 46 point, just fuck you performance. And uh, the Bucks win that one. And just their defense kicks up a notch. Their shooting just returns a little bit, and off they go. So give me the Bucks minus two and a half against Chicago. And then we've got Phoenix New Orleans. Holy shit, we've got all three road teams of favorites in this one. So Phoenix are one and a half point favorites against New Orleans. Uh, game three, I think I might actually even lean with New Orleans in this one. I'm going to change my pick. I had it written down as Phoenix minus one and a half. I might go with the uh, Pelicans plus one and a half. I think they might put the fear of God into the Suns and go up 2-1. Nah, it's not going to happen, is it? Nah, fuck it. I'm going Suns minus one and a half. Let's go. All three road underdogs. No, favorites. All three road favorites. We're going with that. Phoenix minus one and a half against the Pelicans. I think just the Suns defensive nows and the way that they play without Booker, it won't be the biggest hiccup you can ever imagine. I think Bridges steps up. I think Aiton steps up. It has a bigger impact. And I think the Suns sort of rally behind Chris Paul and get a big win in New Orleans tomorrow. Uh, so that's 9 a.m., 10.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. tomorrow, which is going to be fun. Then Sunday, we've got Philly, Toronto, game four. Watch out. Here we go. The sweep is on. I'm taking Philly. I love Toronto. I think that team is awesome. I just think, as I said yesterday, uh, that... Once you take one of the blocks out of that team, it just makes it so much harder for the rest of the team to operate. And without Scoob, Scotty Barnes, it's just been a little bit too far, too much. They just need one extra sort of body in there, and they don't have it. Fred Van Vliet's just absolute existing on fumes, and I feel like Philly can close this out. Like, Embiid is going to be man-possessed because they win this, they get a little bit of time off. They'll be feeling good about that. So give me the Philadelphia 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6s to close out the Raptors in Toronto game four. 4 a.m., Australian Eastern Time on Sunday. Minus two and a half. Uh, Dallas, they go to Utah for game four. Well, they stay in Utah for game four. They're four and a half point underdogs, even with Luka probably coming back. I might have to take Dallas. Even though I said earlier there's still hope there for Utah, I kind of also think Utah might just be a little bit fucked. So give me Dallas plus four and a half, because I think this might be close. Utah might win this, but it's going to be real fucking close, I think. So give me uh, the... I'll take the points, plus four and a half. Boston, they go to Brooklyn. I think Boston are going to win this flat out. So give me Boston plus three and a half. I think they're a better team. Uh, they've shown that. 
We might get the KD, Kyrie, fuck you, incredible game, and they win it. But I think on all evidence so far, Boston just have a far superior defense to the Nets, which isn't hard. And their offense, even with Tatum struggling the other day, they had the rest of the dudes step up. That was at home. It'll be a bit tougher, I think, here, but I'm going to take the three and a half for Boston, and I think they uh, can win that one outright in Brooklyn. Memphis, that's at 9.30. So we go 4 a.m. for Philly-Toronto game four. Dallas-Utah game four is at 6.30 a.m. on Sunday. 9.30 a.m. for Boston-Brooklyn. And then noon, we've got Memphis-Minnesota game four. Can Minnesota bounce back from that horror show? I think they can. I'm going to take Minnesota plus two and a half. You can never trust Minnesota, though, so I'm not going to go anywhere near this with actual money. So Minnesota plus two and a half. Why not? I just kind of think there's going to be like that one game at home where they really rip one off and uh, make this a bit of a series, but then Memphis close them out in six. Yeah. Monday, we've got Milwaukee at Chicago game four. That's at 3 a.m. Oh, geez. I'm going to go with the Bucks again. I mentioned this the other day. I just still think Milwaukee will just still steamroll Chicago. It's just going to happen, even without Middleton. Uh, so give me Milwaukee in Chicago in game four. There's no uh, odds for these ones yet, I think. I'll just, because obviously without game threes having happened for all of them, they don't have odds yet. So I'll uh, just check. I'll just check. Monday, we do have a Warriors Nuggets line. So I'll add that one. There you go. So Milwaukee at Chicago, Golden State at Denver. The line for this is the Warriors three and a half point favorites. I'm going to take that. I don't think they let Denver get one and the Warriors go take some time off. Atlanta hosts Miami after I've picked Miami in game three. I think Atlanta get one finally at home. Show a bit of pride. This could be flipped around. I feel wary of the uh, game three Miami come in and just like professionally take care of business and Atlanta can take the game four. But I think that's how it'll play out rather than Atlanta showing some pride and winning game three and then Miami just really laying the smack down in game four. I can see both happening. I think Miami are just too good. So give me Miami in game three, Atlanta pull-off game four. Uh, that's 9 a.m. The Golden State-Denver game is 5.30 a.m. And then finally, New Orleans at Phoenix. Uh, Phoenix at New Orleans, game four. I've switched my pick back to Phoenix in game three. I think New Orleans get game four. I don't think they lose both at home. So give me the Pals in game four. And there you go. That's at 11.30 in the morning on Monday. So... Unbelievable scenes. This is going to be such a fucking good weekend. I cannot wait. And uh, I'll be back on Monday to wrap it all up with. That's what we do here on NBA Australia, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Daily, baby. At least weekdays. Uh, in the meantime, make sure you're following NBA Australia on Twitter, Face the IGs, roll over socials. Get around NFL Australia with myself and Gaz. Uh, Adam with World Wrestling Australia over on YouTube. Follow him on FWCIE on Twitter as well. NBAstraight.com slash shop. Get your merch. Get your merch. Chuck us a rating and review on your podcast app. Come on. I don't have the marketing budget or big fucking corporation behind me. Uh, it's just little old me hanging out, keeping you up to date on all things NBA. So, you know, rate and review. Buy some merch. Help a brother out. Uh, also, download Noble if you want. Bang in the code straight. Get 20% off. Big thanks go to From Oslo for the intro and outro song. Also, big thanks to Joshua De Laurentiis, Fascinated, Goldmines, Ramshackle Army, Iowa Sex Jedi, Green, 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 and Dozers. To the tunes that you hear throughout the show, smash them all on Bandcamp, Triple J and Earth, Facey, Apple Music, Spotify, whatever. Remember, NBA Australia supports Australian bands, so should you. All right, we'll close out with a uh, classic cooking with Bainsey for you. And we'll catch you on Monday, dickheads. Have a good weekend. I'd hate to be a beer in about 10 minutes. There's NBA Australia saying, look after yourselves, would you? And later, Hosen.
Cooking with Bainsey is filmed in front of a socially distanced live studio audience. And now it's time for Cooking with Bainsey with your host, Aaron Bangers Bains. <laughs> G'day. G'day, yeah. <laughs> Look at you all there. All nice and separated. Oh, I love having a live audience back. This is bloody great, isn't it? Oh, there's Cheryl. Hello, Cheryl. Look at you. Oh, you happy to be here. Oh, that's bloody great. Anyway, yes, welcome back to Cooking with Bainsey. I'm your host, Aaron Bangers Bainsey. Uh, just recuperating from fall and stuff and everything, but still out here chefing for you. And that's what we're here for in this here episode. I've been learning some new cooking techniques, and this one is an absolute bloody ripper. I'll tell you what, because today we are going to whip up one of my absolute favourites. It is an absolute delicacy no matter where you go in the world. You can have whenever that iconic classic. It's good for brekkie lunch, dinner, midnight snack. That's right. It's steak. That's right, bloody steak. That's right, st- I love me steaks. I'll tell you what. And you can follow along with my cooking method because it's easy as, mate. It definitely helps keep up this physique, if you know what I mean. Protein, baby! There you go. So, it is bloody simple, isn't it? All you got to do is go down to your butcher. His name's probably Vasily. Ask him to go, look, Vasily, give me two bloody steaks. And you go, what What type of steak? And like, doesn't matter. Just whatever tickles your fancy Vasily. None of that Wagyu bullshit nonsense. Just give me two good-looking steaks. Two good bloody steaks. Now, make sure you've got a barbie. Some oil and some salt and pepper. And that's it. Fire up your barbie. Get her nice and hot. There you go. There you go. A bit of oil. bit of oil. Then season your steaks ever so lightly with a bit of salt and pepper. Just a bit of a pinch. There you go. And then grab your steak. Bang it on. Now... Don't fucking touch it. None of it. Leave it alone. Don't fucking fiddle with it. Just sit back, grab a tin, and three and a half minutes later, flip that fucker over. There you go. There you go. Hey. Now, leave it alone again. Don't fucking touch it. You heard me. You fuck. don't touch it. Simple as three and a half more minutes and... Look at that. There you bloody go. Look at this one. Oh, I can't wait to get stuck. Oh, but you can't. You've got to let it rest for five minutes. Let it sit there. Let it hang out. And that'll be perfectly medium if you want it. You can go rare if you want. You can go hardcore if you want. But either way, that, my friends, is Bob's your fucking uncle, isn't it? Look at it. It's an absolute ripper of a brekkie lunch or dinner. Fucking good old steak. Ah, oh, it's just bloody delicious. Oh, and look, I'm just going to get stuck with this one now. I will. <laughs> That'll do certain pressure shields. Don't you worry about that. Oh, if you know how to cook a steak, you're a long way ahead in life. That's all I know. And if you want to get fancy, have some veggies with it if you want. I love a bit of potato salad. Whip that up. I think we've done one before. So go check that out. It's fucking unreal. All right, how easy was that? Get stuck into it. Do it at home yourselves on your own barbie. You'll bloody love it. Learn how to cook a steak. And everybody will bloody respect ya. All right, tune in to NBA Australia next time for a new recipe, and we'll see you then on the next episode of Cooking with Bainsey.